All right, we are live. Good afternoon, everyone. Welcome to the Thursday, June 3rd edition of the MAOB Daily Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Adam Martin, joined on Thursdays by Mr. AJ Shula over there. What's going on, AJ? How are you doing, man? Good. I uh, took a week off, but uh, it wasn't without reason. We had uh, no but no UFC, no Bellator. So it was good to know, you know, just get back, rejuvenate, just uh, take a little bit of a break. Too much, they say too much of anything isn't good. So um, but yeah, we're right back at it. We got uh, the ultimate fighter back. So exciting times. For sure. We'll talk about that in a sec. I just want to know, like, for a guy like you, who's obviously like on the pulse like me and you're every week in and out, you're, you're betting on the fights, you're looking at the fights. What did you do with your week off? To be honest, I just kind of explored some other things. I became uh, more passionate about NBA Top Shot. I looked into that. I think it's a really cool concept. So I now I got some stake in there uh, as well as crypto. And of course, I couldn't I couldn't help but resist, but get a little bit of a head start on the, the Bellator and UFC cards that we have uh, ahead. Um, I'm curious to hear uh, what you did as well on our, our week off here. Yeah, I mean, like for me, man, obviously I work full time in the business, right? So I, I still was writing about it last week, like the news and stuff, but I didn't have to do the, uh, the handicapping, right? So I was like, you know what, maybe I'll go ahead, but I just honestly took a few days off just to chill with with the, the fiance just to relax play some video games like you said aj sometimes you, you gotta take a mental break and honestly the last couple cards i thought i was doing you know a good job picking the fights but i ended up you know basically 500 the last couple cards so it was nice to get a week off hopefully a fresh set of eyes on these fights this week will uh, do us some both most some good aj now we'll talk a little bit about the ufc card but i want to talk to you about uh, tough first because i know you you messaged me the other day and you're like hey can we talk about tough I said, sure, if I could get a chance to watch it. And thankfully, they actually showed it up here in Canada. It was on TV, so I did watch it. And uh, I want to get your thoughts on AJ, because me, me and Marcel um, previewed it last week, and we previewed some of the fighters. And, of course, the first guy I said, Aaron Phillips, I'm like, this guy fights in Alaska regional, the Alaska regional scene, man. Like, he's going to lose. He gets smoked in his fight against Andre Petrovsky, who's looks like a good prospect. Um, we'll talk about the fight first, then we'll talk about, like, the coaches and some of the other talent. But... What do you think of this guy Petrovsky, man? I mean, he looks pretty good to me, AJ, and he's not, like, super experienced by any means. He's fought in, like, Art of War, which is, like, an okay promotion in Pennsylvania. And then he did fight Aaron Jeffrey in LFA. That was his, like, highest-rated uh, opponent to date. Lost that fight, but I thought he looked pretty good, man. What's your thoughts on this guy? So Petrovsky, in, in full transparency, I didn't watch any of his pre-ultimate fighter footage, but from what we saw there, um, he looks like a very physical guy. Uh, you can tell by looking at the guy, but um, I really like uh, these guys that are wrestler grapplers. I just think it's a very dominant style. Um, I'm happy that he got the win, and I'm happy that he's on uh, Team Ortega. Well, first off, let me just say, I think Volkanovski and Ortega are going to make excellent coaches. Those guys are like just laser focused. They have their head on straight, and they seem like they're very easy to work with. But I was really happy that he got the win, but my uh, my um, hesitancy, something that I hope that Petrovsky improves going forward is I would like to see him a little bit more urgent to get the takedown. We we waited until about the three-minute mark, uh, three minutes into the round, rather, for him to actually shoot the mm -hmm. takedown, and we saw how easy it was for him to actually get the mount and get the choke once he did so. I would like to see him have a little bit more urgency to close that distance going forward and, and just throw more strikes. Both of them, it was just very weird, just solo output. Yeah. Um, but then Petrovsky, once he got the fight to the ground, he, he dominated. So um, I like what I saw out of him. It sounds like you do too, but um, yeah. there there are some things that I think could improve. And, and I think he could get there because like you said, he's only a few fights. He's only going to get better. Arrow's pointing up with Ortega as his coach. So I'm excited. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the thing for me is like, I thought he looked good, but again, I just think the opponent was very weak. This guy Phillips, five and two record in the regional scene in Alaska. I mean, AJ, that's just not good. You have two losses. Well, one guy, Al Mateveo, was on uh, tough. He lost to Antoine and uh, Tafana Chuku, excuse me. And the 
The other guy was Colin Hawk, but he was in the UFC. So, I mean, it's not like, I think he's in the UFC, Colin Hawk, buddy, or he signed, I think he got signed and then he didn't end up joining them, but either way, he's, he's a good prospect too. So it's not like he lost to bums by any means, but I just fade anyone coming out of that promotion, AJ. It's just been a really big, a really profitable thing to fade these guys. Like, like that Victor Rodriguez guy last week. The only guy that's good from Alaska, it seems like, is that Uros Medich guy. I don't think you want to fade that dude. He seems like a legitimate killer, and uh, he's quite good at finishing fights quickly. Although the fact he only finishes in the first round doesn't worry me when he gets these fifteen-minute fights. Anyways, I, I want to talk to you about the coaches for a sec. So it's, I think I'm with you as far as like teaching the technique, their mentorship. I think they'll do a good job. But as far as like the entertainment value of this season goes. It sure seemed like it was lacking, man. I got to be honest. Like they, there was like really no focus on the beef between those two guys. Doesn't seem like they necessarily like each other, but there wasn't like a beef age. Whereas some of these coaches in the past, you've seen like them really hate each other. And that's what people tune in because they want to see them, you know, yell at each other and do something crazy. So I'm not sure of you, but I didn't really see that heat. What did you, did you see anything or no? I didn't, I didn't see it. Um, for me, I mean, I always think back to my first ever tough season that I watched was, was Rampage and Rashad Evans and that the beef between those two was yep. just like some of the best. And so, um, just, I think on a, on a season to season basis, we won't see some beef so high. Um, these guys just seem like pretty cordial with one another. Um, they did show some flash, uh, flashes, like some, some foreshadowing, some scenes where there's a little bit, some pranks going on, of course. Um, but, uh, for me, I know that say for some, some other fans that they're more intrigued with like, you know, some beefing between the coaches. I want to watch it just to see what these guys are like as coaches. Uh, I want to see these guys develop because at the end of the day, we're saving our time some, with some tape study here, just watching these guys on the come up, how they improve Mm -hmm. their skill sets. And and the reality is a lot of people just don't want to watch the ultimate fighter. So by us sitting down and watching it, seeing what these guys are like, and, you know, being prepared for when they, for when some of these guys do make their, their debut on in the ultimate fighter finale. I think it's, I think it's a big edge to watch the show. So um, it, I kind of, okay. it's, it's like a weird example, but I kind of treat it as like Monday night football in a way we're getting another, you know, day of like UFC ish fights. And so, yeah, I mean, I don't, ideally you want the beef, but um, for yeah. me, it's not a huge deal sealer. I don't think. Yeah, no, I'm with you in that. Like, the point of the show, it's not really necessarily the coach's beef. It's about finding talents, about finding superstars. And they have unearthed many superstars over the years. Not as much lately, obviously. I think a lot of best talents are already sucked up by these organizations. But uh, I do feel like a lot of fans do watch it for the beef part. And I feel like it was lacking. So I think going forward, it might not be the most entertaining season from like like a coach's perspective. But the fight was pretty good. And there does seem to be some good talent, man. When me and Marcel broke down like the fighters last week, AJ, there was – Quite a few guys were like undefeated, like young guys training in boot camps like Sanford MMA and like Team Alpha Male and stuff like that. So there's some good fighters on this card on this season, man. And I'm looking forward to it. But uh, yeah, good start for sure with the first episode. And I'm with you. I mean, for me, it's like it's only an hour to my week. I can, I don't have to watch it live. I can tape it. I can watch it, you know, a little bit later that night or next next morning. I try to obviously avoid the spoilers. I don't want to see. What's the point of watching if you already know what happened, right? I'm like that with anything. <laughs> I, I'm like, yeah. you know what happened. I'm not going to watch, but. I'll watch the show. And I think you made a great point uh, about getting like a slight edge because you're actually watching it. Unlike, I think most people probably didn't watch it, right? So when the guy, when these guys eventually do go to the UFC, you'll have that extra edge, like you said, AJ, and you, and you will save yourself a step from going back to do the tape study on this dude, on these dudes because you've seen them fight already. So it's definitely uh, worth watching, uh, I think. But again, it's, it's up to you guys. I mean, there's, there's fights all the time now. There's always something to do. There's sports on every night, basketball football, baseball, hockey, whatever it is, AJ, there's, there's playoffs on every night. There's fights every night. So I can totally understand people picking and choosing, but for me, this is my life, man. MMA is my life. UFC is my life. So I'm going to watch the show. I watched it with my fiance. 
she'd never seen the ultimate she'd actually never seen the ultimate fighter um i've been dating for well three years now i guess and the last time that the last season was on we were we were just starting to date the, the 28th season so she'd never really heard of it like she'd seen the the seasons on my shelf and stuff because i have all the old ones she's like what is this and i told her it's like a reality show like big brother but with ufc fighters she's like what do you mean like this is kind of weird right so she checked it out she, she liked it um and thought it was cool but uh yeah hopefully it's a good season i don't think it's the best season though you know looking back i think there were some good ones at the beginning of the show aj like the bj penn jens palver season was a great one the fifth one nate diaz won that show or even like the first couple i know like look at the talent that won the show eh? like the first couple like like forrest griffin rashad these guys are hall of famers right bj penn hall of fame you know like well he's the coach but still anyways the point is there's always good talent that comes on the show even like the last season we had everyone said it sucked you still got Macy Chase on, who's a great fighter, and you still got Juan Espino, who's a decent fighter. So it's like, yeah, they, it wasn't the best season, the last one, but they've taken three years off. I feel like there is a little bit more talent that's been developed in that time, and hopefully we'll get these guys in the UFC soon. Anyways, we did want to talk about that, but uh, the other thing is, um, me and Marcel obviously broke down the whole card, uh, UFC Vegas 28. That'll take place Saturday. I know you're excited for the card, AJ, so am I. Um, but there was one change to the card. This happened a couple days ago. So we're going to go through that change right now, guys. It's um, a change in the women's fight between Menon and Fioro. And Marina Morosi fell out of the fight due to, I believe, an injury. And she's been replaced by Tabitha Ricci on short notice. So told AJ to do the tape study for the, for the fight. He did on uh, Ricci. We obviously both already knew what uh, Fioro looked like because we talked about her. But let's, th- let's look at this fight, AJ. I'm going to pull it up here. Just easier that way for everyone to, to look at it. Obviously, Ricci is uh, new to the UFC here, coming over from LFA, guys, undefeated fighter. And here's the thing about her. Like, if you look at her betting lines, AJ, look at her betting lines, right? Like, she's been look – at, look at her last couple, guys. Uh, minus 3,000 her last fight, AJ. Minus 2,000 the fight before that. So she's a highly touted prospect, but all of a sudden she's plus 350 now. So she went from minus 3,000 in her last fight to minus three, – to plus 350. That's kind of crazy, right? But at the same time, Faro, man, looked great in her debut in the UFC. She does have a significant height advantage. She does have a reach advantage, guys. She obviously had the full camp. Ricci coming in on short notice. Give me your thoughts on this, Asia. We'll go through both fighters. We'll start with Ricci, though. Let's give, your, give me your thoughts on this girl. Yeah, I did a pretty deep dive on her tape last night. So she's like a judo practitioner. She's a black belt in judo. She's also a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, according to her Instagram, she's trained with Mackenzie Dern in the past. Um, didn't find any like recent pictures, but like say 2020, they did. Um, on the feet, she's aggressive, which I like. She'll like attack you in a flurry. But um, Fro is is way more technical than her, in my opinion. Just better offensively, more weapons, uh, hits harder, more defensively sound, better footwork. So she's gonna. Even though I like aggression, I think Faro is is gonna have her number on the feet. And honestly, um, I wouldn't even be surprised if she gets a finish. You said she's longer. She's got the reach advantage here. Um, Tabitha here, Tabitha, excuse me. T- uh, like you said, short notice, up a weight class yep. here. Um, she's fought three times relatively recently, but prior to that, there was just a huge span of of you, you got a record right seven in front years of you. or something, right? Six years, yeah. Yeah, the just big not gap, no fights. She was supposed to fight Vivian Arujo in 2016. That would have been a good experience for her, I think, right? And yes. after she pulled out of that fight for some reason or got canceled. <clears throat> so she actually started fighting when she was 18 years old and she had two fights when she was a teenager, which is cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then took off six, seven years to develop her skills, obviously, and obviously working on her grappling. Um, you know, I watched her tape too, AJ. I had I had written about her because I uh, do the LFA odds for Oddsbreaker. 
So I knew she was, and I knew that the odds were high on her, and she had been like highly touted. But I didn't actually get the chance to watch those fights. So I went back and watched the last night. Very dominant with the grappling, no doubt about it. Um, very good, very good takedown ability. Very good ability to get on top, stay in a mounted position, stay in full mount, uh, secure the legs of their opponent, be on top, being in a dominant position. But I just don't know if it's going to work in this fight. I think it could work against a lot of girls, especially like lower end fighters in the 150 pound division, AJ. But moving up a weight class, fighting a girl like Firo, who's so big and strong, who I think is better on the feet and who I think has a pretty good grappling game herself. I think Firo probably neutralizes this girl, keeps on the feet and kind of outstrikes her. I don't know if it's a finish or not, but I do like Firo in this fight. I got to be honest with you. I just wish the odds were better. The odds suck. It's minus 450. So it sucks. Um, I got to be honest, AJ. I was probably going to bet on Firo against Morose at minus 140, I think she was. I really like that bet there. Can't get it now. So it's minus 450. And I know that that's just under your limit, but is that something you, you look at or is it just the short notice factor you're just going to pass, Connor? Um, to be honest, uh, the sports book that I use, DraftKings Sportsbook, hasn't released the the props okay, for this okay. fight. And that would be if I was going to bet this fight where I would look. Um, I guess I wouldn't be super comfortable laying this chalk price on Ferro, even though she's not past that limit. Because we, even though I agree with you, I think she, defensively she's looked very solid as a grappler. Like she, she could sprawl well. She gets her hips back. Um, like you said, she's very physical and she like, technically she like fishes for underhooks, good head positioning, all stuff I like, but still don't really know what she's like when she's actually on her back. You said, you mentioned this mm -hmm. girl's uh, definitely very strong in top position. So it creates an interesting unknown, I guess, in a way, just kind of like, um, I guess a, a loose ish example. We don't really know what Camilla Kirk's takedown defense is mm -hmm. like. I couldn't yep. find it on tape at least. Yep. So in spots like that, I'm just okay with passing on the money yep. line. It's enough of an unknown for me to be like, oh, like why did I bet on this person where I literally saw no footage of what they're like on their back? But um, I'm with you. I think she rolls. I think she looks the part. She's legit. Um, yeah. And at, at 125, I don't. I think she's like a top five talent, as bold as that sounds. So yeah, we'll see cool. exactly how it pans out. But she looks sharp. Yeah, it's a weak division, and this girl's obviously very talented. She's kind of like a natural. I mean, she's only been fighting a few years, and she's already in the UFC doing well. So, and what I like about her, man, she finishes her fights. Like, she's not just winning decisions. She actually finishes her fights, and she finishes them late sometimes. Like, she's always going for the finish. So, yeah, I think it's just a tough fight for, for Ricci just because of the size. But I think this girl, Ricci, is quite good, AJ. And I think going forward, she's something to keep your eye on, you know, because of the grappling is so dominant. And... I just talked about the top control. I mean, her submissions, even off her bottom are okay. She had the arm bar and stuff too, so he's good. I never under hey Jose, I never understood how fight can get hurt during fight we can pull out. I don't get it either. I mean, it's stupid, right? Like obviously it can happen, anyone can get hurt, but you would hope that they'd be training a little bit smarter than in Morose's case than she was. Uh ends up pulling out the fight. And not only that, you lose your paycheck, right? So she's been training for the last 12 weeks, I guess, something like that, 10 weeks. Paid her coaches, paid her management. Now she doesn't get any money. So I don't think like she wants to pull out a fight, but obviously she was injured and had to pull out. Um, We can't go through the whole card, AJ, because me and Marcel already did it. There, there'd be no point. But I do want to get your thoughts on maybe a couple fights. Maybe get your thoughts on the main event between Rosenstrike and Sakai. That'd be a good spot to look at, I think. Um, right now, basically uh, pretty close to even, AJ, slightly lean towards uh, Yarzino Rosenstrike. Minus 125, Augusto Sakai plus 105. I believe my breakdown's over a post in an odds breaker now, so you guys can go check that out. Um, AJ, give me your thoughts on this fight, man, between these two heavyweights. So I guess I'm kind of on an island here with being on Rosenstruck. Um, 
I listen to people's podcasts when I have time during the week, but I make sure that I don't listen until I'm, to them until I after I'm done with my research because I don't want it to like sway my my judgment. <laughs> and um, I think it's a close fight. I don't like how Rosenstruck just has this tendency of just like waiting. He's almost like a counter striker to a fault. Yep. But when I like actually watch them fight technically, I think he's more technical, better kickboxer. He obviously has more power. Um, I think he's faster as well. And so um, Sakai, he throws more volume, but on the flip side of that is he with more volume and um, strike uh, striking exchanges, he will leave more opportunities for Rosenstruck to counter him. Um, gone was just a bad matchup for him in hindsight, mm -hmm. just so fast and long, able to stick and move on the outside, but against a much slower, more hittable Sakai, I think Rosenstruck will have more open openings to land that big shot. And, um, maybe he doesn't have as much power as an Nganu, but the guy's got bricks in his hands nonetheless. So um, I think Rosenstruck has more finishing upside. I think he's a bit sharper on the feet, but like if I was betting Rosenstruck, it would be one of those bets where it's just like he might be losing up until he hurts Sakai just because he doesn't want to throw. Um, but I agree with it being relatively competitive. And I've been I've overrated Sakai in the past, to be honest with you. I bet him against Arlovsky mm -hmm. and Ivanov, and I thought I, yeah. I, sh I should have lost both those yep. bets, to be honest with you. Yep. So, and, and one thing that stuck out to me there real quick, and then obviously you could of talk, course. but um, they they both were faster than Sakai, and that's a huge concern that I have because I think Rosenstruck will be faster than him as well. So Yeah, no, fine. I'm with you. I, I mean, I remember having a bet on Sakai against Arlovsky. I thought he lost for sure. I couldn't believe he won that fight. Fight with Ivanov was super close. I thought he maybe edged it out, but it was close. And there was a takedown attempt that he grabbed the fence on, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. And mm -hmm. Corey was yelling, take a point. If had the point been taken, it would be a different story. I just look at the last fight at Overeem where he was doing pretty well, but Gasto got tired and doesn't seem to really eat damage that well, AJ. I don't know if you noticed that. Kind of like he just – he wears it pretty bad, man. And guys, Overeem, I like Overeem. He's obviously a legend. He's not in the UFC anymore. And that guy just finished Sakai – Rosenstrike is the guy that knocked over him. Obviously, he was losing that fight up until knockout. But that just shows you, man. He just needs that one punch. I look at the Audrey Arlovsky fights. Both the guys fought them, right? What did Rosenstrike need? One left hook on the ear, and it was it. 30 seconds in, AJ. So I think he could – He's of the two guys, he's probably the more likely to land that one-punch KO. I do think Sakai has some knockout power. I will say this, too. Me and Marcel both picked Rosenstrike. I haven't listened to anyone else's podcast. I, I do listen to some podcasts, but it's it's at the end of the week, and it's when I'm done all my work. It's just for entertainment purposes. I don't listen to other people's podcasts anymore to get like more knowledge because there really isn't anyone more knowledgeable than me, in my opinion, and there's no point, right? So I listen to other people's podcasts for entertainment purposes, but not to like sway my pick or change my mind. I'm going to change my own mind if I have to. The only guys I trust are you and Marcel, really. So I just listen to you guys and what you have to say on this show, and that's about – and Cole, too, where, wherever he comes on. But, you know, for, for me, AJ, like – I made that mistake too many times where I got swayed by what other people were saying and didn't listen to myself. I have no idea what people are saying about Sakari. People really, do they like him here? Is that what the general consensus is for what you've heard? Um, I don't know, like on a scale of one to 10, how much they like him. I've just heard the the vast majority of the people have picked him to win. That's and, surprising. Uh, that is surprising. Hmm. I just, I, I'm not saying he can't win. It's a heavyweight fight. I just, I, what's his path here? What's his path to win? Is it just to kind of hold Rosenstrike down and win a decision for five rounds? I think if the fight was three rounds, AJ, I would maybe lean a little towards Sakai, but not for five, you know? Like, I think that is a difference. I think the five rounds does help him, um, Rosenstrike. Uh, he's been five rounds a couple times, and, and he didn't look tired at all in those fifth rounds. <laughs> Against Gone, bad matchup, just couldn't let his hands go. Against Overeem, pulled off the knockout with four seconds left. I mean, questionable stoppage, I agree, but 
still got the got the job done. So yeah, it's an interesting fight, but I'm kind of with you. I lean a little towards Rosenstrike. I, and actually, the, the guys in the chat here on Tuesday were were saying that they thought Rosenstrike had some value. I honestly haven't laid any plays yet. I'll I'll decide that tomorrow after the weigh-ins. But I mean, he's definitely on the short list, obviously, because the odds are so low. It's basically a pick-em fight. So I'll just by, by math alone, he has to be in the short list. I hate betting on heavyweight fights in general, though. You know what I mean? Because it's just more variance. But in this case, I feel like you know people are kind of. They're down on him for some reason right now, AJ, with Rosenstrike. They're really down him right now. And for me, it's like, you know, it wasn't that long ago where, you know, he was a guy that people thought maybe could pull off the ups against Nagano, right? So to me, it's like people got a short memory. He lost to Gon, and Gon didn't get to finish in that fight. And everyone thought Gon's not that good now. Gon is great. He didn't finish that fight, but he's good. Let me get these comments. Hey, Doug, what's up, man? Do you think Rosenstrike came out to another title run, or did the Gone fight shut that down completely? I think at this point, he's way behind Gone. He's behind mm -hmm. Lewis. He's behind John Jones. Obviously, behind the Gone. He's behind Stipe for a rematch. So he's behind like five or six guys right now, uh, and Gone too, obviously. But I think that, you know, if he goes out there and knocks out Sakai, gets another win over someone in the top 10, I think he's right there. But I feel like maybe they're going to use him as a gatekeeper type. Like, if he wins this fight, they might match him up with a guy like Tom Aspinall next or something. I could see them doing that with this guy too. But they could also do the same thing with Sakai. They might just, you know, have those guys. They're basically looking for new – they want new top 10 talent in this division. AJ, if you look at the – I'm just going to pull it up here. The UFC heavyweight division. Uh-oh. Looks like we lost Adam. Um, we'll wait for him to join. I'll send him, a, send him an invite. Let's see here. Of course I jumped out of the studio. I pressed the wrong button. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no worries. I'm a big dumbo. Okay, what was I looking at? What, what did I just say? Oh, yeah, rankings, rankings. Rankings, yeah. You the rankings. <laughs> so dumb. Press the wrong button. X. All right. Where is it? Here we go. Look at the rankings for the heavyweight division, right? It's just weak as hell. Like, Shamil, after, when was the last time this guy fought? Two years ago, AJ. Shamil. When was his last win? Like, three years ago. Walt Harris? He's so one-dimensional. We can talk a little about him, too. But you know what I mean? Like, they're looking for these guys to step up. They wanted Sakai. I don't think he's going to take this step. I don't think so. That would be really, really weird if he wins this fight and he's number six in the world. I just don't buy it at all. I don't buy Augusto Sakai as a top 10 talent. I'm not buying it. You know, I think Rosenstrike is a top 10 talent. So I'm with you. I'm getting Babel. Hey, Marcel's here. As long as Rosenstrike is zero takedown DNC, he'll never be a champion. I think he's right about that. Marcel made a good point the other day in the podcast, AJ. He said one thing he looks at with guys coming into the UFC, it's like you either have to have, like, basically perfect takedown defense or you're, like, incredible on the ground. Otherwise, you're not going to be successful in the UFC. And I pretty much agreed with him. I mean, it's true. Like, you have to stop takedowns. Um, I think Rosenstrike's takedown defense is pretty good. Uh, I do think Sakai can probably get him down, especially in the first couple of rounds. He is a bigger guy. He has some extra weight on him. So I think that could happen. AJ, I'm coming with you. I feel like maybe Sakai does win the first couple of rounds. But I thought he did against Overeem, too. He won probably one or two of those rounds and just tired as the fight went on. I feel like the same thing happens here. So, yeah, it should be a good fight. Let me get your quick thoughts on the, on the Comey event. Um, you don't have to give me too much of this one, but Martin Kerberg against Walt Harris that is the co-main event. I don't know if I like this as a co-main event personally. I, I don't even know if this fight needs the full three rounds personally. Um, but just give me your quick thoughts on this fight, AJ. Co-main event of the card. Yeah, I think it's just a kind of a typical Walt Harris MO fight. Maybe he goes out there and knocks out Tybora quickly. We've seen Tybora knocked out more than once. I'm not sold that his durability is is suddenly back now that he's won four in a row. It wasn't that long ago where he was knocked out quickly by mm -hmm. Sakai and um, he was knocked out by Abdurahimov, who, like you mentioned, is just yep. not a not a big power puncher for heavyweight standards. Um, 
so Walt will be a, a real threat, I think, standing, assuming he's uh, he really wants to go for it. And there's always that chance that maybe off two losses, he's a little hesitant. But um, I just I agree with Tybor being a favorite. I just think that as long as he doesn't get knocked out quickly, he probably wins. I just think he's got better volume on the feet. I think he's the more varied striker. He could switch stances. He's got like more di uh, diverse set of like kicks. He can maybe work the body. Um, we saw Volkov do that. I know Volkov's a little longer, a little rangier, but mm -hmm. that's still there for Tybor nonetheless. And then like you and Marcel pointed out, um, if you could control where the fight goes, uh, you're the better wrestler. I tend to think you should be the favorite. And that's mm -hmm. what we have here with Tybor. He's not an elite wrestler, but um, he's a serviceable one, right? I mean, we've yeah. seen Harris taken down the Overeem fight. He was taken down easily by um, we're doomed. I know if you like look at ufcstats.com, it says like 72, but like my uh, the eye test says, says otherwise on Tilm. You know what I yep. mean? Yep, 100%. So, I agree with that. And, that, and you know what? Let me jump in there quickly. It's too easy to just look at the numbers, guys. You actually have to go back and watch the fights. And a lot of the stuff gets missed too by the numbers. They're, they're good at their job. The stats guys, don't get me wrong. There are takedowns that are missed. There are takedowns defended that are missed. There are knockdowns missed too. So you do have to watch the fights. You just can't look by those stats. <laughs> and if you blindly look at Harris's takedown defense and say, yeah, it's really good. I actually don't think it's very good. Give me your sorry. Continue though, please. Oh yeah, no problem. Um, good point. Yeah, like and so like if Tybor has that path where he could just take him down and and, and maybe even finish him, he is a black belt as Tybor. And um, if Harris, yeah. I know Tybor is like not the most dangerous guy for heavyweight standards, but if Harris is just completely spent on his back, like he was against Overeem, mm -hmm. man, I mean, that, he could finish that, him. That was uh, disappointing because I remember actually had Harris in that fight. I thought Overeem's chant at that point would be completely spent, and we know it has been, obviously, but drops him, AJ, drops him and gassed out so hard and then ends up on his back and just gets pounded out. I, I think the UFC has a soft spot for this guy because of what happened in his personal life where his daughter was murdered. I mean, let's be honest. That is the worst thing that could ever happen to anyone, right? So I feel like that's probably the only reason why he's still on the roster. I don't really think Wal Harris is UFC caliber fighter. I'm, I'm not trying to be mean. Obviously, he does have some wins over guys in the top 10. I get that, but this was a couple years ago now. Difference between a 35-year-old fighter and 37-year-old fighter is a big difference, guys. You gotta remember that in MMA, like one year time, like for a normal person, is like four or five years in MMA standards because of all the damage and everything they, they do in, in the training, in the cage. And obviously this guy's had to deal with a lot mentally too. So I just I wasn't impressed at all in the last two fights, Agent. Again, you know, God bless this guy. I feel terrible for him. And I'm I don't blame the UFC for keeping him around, but I think if he gets stopped here, they might let him go too. Because I was looking at his record. All time in the UFC, six, eight, and one no contest. That's a losing record in the UFC. That's the guy you want to bet against generally, I think, too, right? The guy with a losing record. So Martin obviously is on a nice roll here. I kind of lean towards him, but again, it is heavyweight, so he could get caught. I mean, this fight with Sakai is the one that worries me, AJ. I gotta be honest. That one worries me because you just saw Sakai just blasted him, right? It's heavyweight. Mm -hmm. We can see more variants. So that's that's what I'm worried about here, just him getting blasted. But I actually think he is the better fighter, so I have to pick him. I think he's a better mixed martial artist, right? He actually has a ground game and actually has cardio, unlike Walt. Walt's cardio is just, he's got five minutes of cardio, AJ. I just, I don't understand how you could be fighting the UFC in the top 10 and not have more than five minutes of gas in your tank. I, I just don't get it. Like, wouldn't that be, if you were a fighter, right? Wouldn't your cardio be like the thing you're working on the most, if anything? Like, that, that'll win you fights. And, and Walt Harris has been in the UFC for years and just never improved that part of his game. He just relies on his punching power and his, and his uh, athleticism and his, Agility. Obviously, he's a very good athlete. I remember interviewing him years ago. Me and James Lynch interviewed him before he fought Jerry Rosalt, his first fight in the UFC. So I, I've, I've been, I've known this guy and I've been aware of him for a long time. I just think he's just, I feel like he's hit his peak. I think he peaked right here, AJ, where he knocked out Olenek and Spivak. 
And I don't think that guy's around anymore. I, I really don't. It's like kind of like Woodley, right? Woodley, just a few years ago, absolutely destroyed Darren Till. Absolutely destroyed him. Darren Till, like, I think he landed either one or zero strikes in that fight, significant strikes. Like, it was an absolute domination. And then a few fights later, AJ, Woodley's an underdog against Jake Paul, a YouTuber. So it just shows you guys, like, in this sport, things change quick. And I think with Walt, after coming off these two losses, I just think he's at the end of the road, man. I really do. So be nice to see him win. It'd be a good story, but I, I'm not seeing AJ. Anyways, uh, like I said, me and Marcel talked about the other fights. Um, I do want to get your dog of the week, though, because I've been doing that with you. I feel like you've been pretty good with them. Um, I can't remember where your last one was. It was a few weeks ago. Do you remember what it was, your last dog of the week? Uh, I, I don't know. Let me, let me double check. Let me double check. Because I think that, uh, okay, was the... The Font Garbrandt card, and I think you picked Jerry Vendera. That was your dog of the week. Jerry Vendera was your guy, I think, if I'm not mistaken, wasn't it? I can't remember. I think uh, so. I it might have been. Him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, which is mine hilarious. By the way, mine sucked. It was Claudio Silva. What a shit pick. That was so bad. I couldn't believe how that fight played out. That was a really bad one. Like I said, guys, like, you know, I've had some uh, some good picks, and that was not a good one. But overall, AJ, I mean, I do pretty good with my dogs. I know you do, too. You, you're, you're a pretty good dog hitter. Like, my rate on dogs is, is pretty good. Um, Marcus, what's up, man? Have the TV ratings going for tough? I want to hear your thoughts, Marcus. As much as I like MMA, I'm not motivated to watch it. If the show coaches some charisma and real beef like Francis, Derek, I'd watch. Okay, so, Marcus, we actually did talk about it a little bit at the beginning of the show, but I do um, – we'll, we'll get into it quickly, AJ, and then I'll, I want to get your dog of the week for this card, but I just want to get Marcus's comment before I forget. Um, you know, Marcus, I haven't seen the – the, the TV ratings or anything like that, um, I'd imagine they weren't too great, quite frankly. I did watch it. AJ watched it. I enjoyed the fight. I think there's some good talent in the show, but I'm 100% with you, man. There, there, as far as the coaches, there was no beef at all, bro. There was nothing, Marcus. You can watch it yourself. There was nothing. It was like, it was. they didn't even show the coaches really. Like, they showed them doing the training, but there was never like them bickering back and forth, like Rashad and Rampage or anything like that, right? So, <laughs> can you just respond to that comment quickly? Like, obviously, we talked about it before, but anything you want to say? Um, I mean, every fan has different standards. Uh, for me, it does, it's not a huge deal sealer. It'll be great. It'll rise rate rankings, but or ratings. But I mean, on the flip side, we were only one episode in. I mean, what's to say that they don't develop beef as you know things kind of go on? I remember uh, when they were picking teams, Ortega and his coach, uh, coach asked everybody before they were drafted whose team they want to join, and, and yeah. Ortega kind of casually said, you know, you'd be surprised at how many people said they didn't want to be on on Volk's team. And so it, it could be a little bit of a spark, a little bit of something to where uh, a fire arises to where perhaps there is some beef. They did show a snake as like a, as like a <laughs> foreshadowing, somebody pulling a prank on somebody. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah, there could be some entertainment for sure. Dog of the week, I nominate my neighbor's Rockweller. That's funny. <laughs> got an odd feeling RK is not going to come off nice on top after the show, although he got the best team. <sighs> Man, so I was talking to um, – I don't really need the same names, but I was talking to a good friend of mine, and uh, – he had did an interview with Ortega and like there and I wrote about it actually at BJ Penn. You can read the interview if you want. I just I just wrote it up. It's not like I interviewed him myself or anything, but they weren't happy that uh the comments were negative about the show and we're like and I he was telling me and he goes like you know they don't want me interviewing Ortega and I'm like that's that's a joke dude. They haven't said anything to me. I don't really care either honestly I don't care. It doesn't affect my job or anything. But for a guy who's interviewing people obviously that would it's just stupid, right? Like this guy is doing all the damage control he can. I guess he's just I don't understand that at all. I mean, maybe he's going to come off bad. I think so far nothing's really changed. My thoughts on both guys, but you did see Colby Covington said those comments, and you saw what they both these guys ran to their defense right away. AJ, what are you what are you talking shit for, Colby? What's your problem? Like, 
these guys are the toughest guys in the world, but it feels like they're so emotional at times. Like for the dumbest things, AJ, it's like, okay, the guy said something bad about tough. Who cares? And now another guy's internet access or interview access is being kind of like up in the air because of that. That's just stupid. So and I'm imagining they'd be pissed at me because I wrote about it, but I don't really care. There's tons of stuff I wrote about. The, listen, the news is not always nice. I say that all the time. The news is not always nice. It's not always going to be good news. And unfortunately, my job is to write about it. So we get this uh, comment. Ask 11 Americans if they prefer to train American or Australian. I think Americans will pick the American. Yeah, that's true. Um, I think Volk is the better MMA fighter and the better uh, overall fighter, I think. But Ortega is amazing on the ground. And I can't blame these guys if they want to learn under him, obviously. His submissions are second and none pretty much in that division. So they're both good coaches, I, I think. But like I said, the beef, I'm with Marcus. It's not there. And I think Marcus is right. I think, you know, Colby and I think Mazadal or Colby and Usman would have been good or Mazadal and Usman. Those would have been good. I think Usman actually has a good personality. He'd be good for the show. I think Francis and uh, Lewis would have been good. That would have been fu- That would have been awesome. Francis and Lewis. Why didn't they just do that? That would have been great. Um, or even Francis and Jones, you know. So I feel like there was better choices, AJ, but like from a coaching, like actually the coaching part of it, and as someone who used to train MMA, that that matters. Having a good coach actually really does help. So I think it's a good thing, but I agree from an entertainment point of view, not the best. You guys saw Paul Herrera's one of the coaches on Tega side did. Dude was the bad side of one of the worst KOs in UFC history. Um, the Crucible Hell looks from Gary Goodridge. Yeah, Gary Goodridge is Canadian, actually. He's, he's actually from really close to me, uh, Babel fan, uh, Marcel. Gary Gurridge, um, a legend of sport. That is, you, you know the you know the knock he's talking about, right? From UFC, you don't know it. Okay, I'm gonna pull it up. Let's, All right, it. let's do it. I mean, this is a classic. And then we'll go back to the card. Sorry, guys. Pull, we uh, got a little distracted with all these comments. It's okay though. Uh, you never seen that, eh? No, I have not. I, I'm sure you, I spelled it wrong, but it doesn't matter. You, I'm sure you've seen this, AJ. You've never seen this finish. No, I don't think so. Let's see. I think it's, I can't remember, it's like UFC 4 or 5. I'll double check. Watch this. You've seen this. It's one of the best ever. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, man. It's one of the, one of the nastiest Whoa. knockouts of all time. I mean, it's one of the best ever. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is. It is. And it is awesome, Marcel. I didn't realize it was the same guy, Marcel. I saw his name, and I'm like, Phil Herrera. Okay, cool. I didn't even realize uh, – sorry, Paul. Sorry, not Phil. That's crazy, man. Wow, that's crazy. Anyways, Adrian, now you've seen the knock pretty good, eh? <laughs> yeah, to say the least. <laughs> All right, so give me your dog of the week uh, for this card. Give me one dog if you can. Um, Let me just double-check to make yeah, sure. Yeah, of course. Well, of course. Do you want me to give one while you're, while you're looking or – well, I was just double checking to make sure he's still a dog. Yeah, pick him on some side. Like I, I feel like we might be in the same guy, but let me hear your thoughts. Who is it? Well, I'll I'll give out two, I guess. So one, I I like Ponzinibbio. I think as long as he's not quote unquote done, he could win this fight. Um, I like Baeza, but I think this is a little too much too soon. Um, but stylistically, it's not a bad fight for Ponzinibbio. But uh, the the bacterial infection in the chin makes me nervous. And then uh, one more. Yep. I think um, uh, Zalal, I know that might be a bit bold because of the reach discrepancy, but I'm not sold on Woodson as a defensive grappler. Like he could get up reasonably well, but just like seeing how Arosa just grabbed his neck and just threw him down and choked him with the darts. Like, I don't know. Zalal's at least a brown belt in jujitsu. He's shown some submission grappling from the front headlock. So, um, He's a scrappy guy. It's crazy, like how people were high on him, and now he's coming off two losses, and now it's just like 
and that's just like the total opposite. So um, those are two guys. There's a couple others, but yeah. How about you though? I'm just counting right now how many dogs I'm going to pick on this card because there was a couple guys the other day that I was like on the fence about. I said that in the podcast. I was like, man, I'm on the fence about a few guys, but there was some more information I got that swayed me a little bit towards maybe one of them especially. So right now, right now I'm looking at five dogs on this card. There's 14 fights. I don't think that's unreasonable to be honest with you. I think that's that's probably what's going to happen. Is you'll probably see five or six upsets on this card. I had to guess. Um, There are a lot of close fights. There's a lot of variants in this card. I believe. I think there's a lot of like mid-tier fighters, lower-level guys. Also, there's like, what, three or four heavyweight fights, which has more variance, right? So I do think you'll see a lot of upsets on this, on this card, guys. Um, but one dog that I like, AJ, and uh, I'm with you on this one, so it'll be a consensus dog, uh, Yusuf Zawal. I do like him as well. Um, I gave him out as a pick on the show the other day, and I felt decently confident about it. Um, and nothing's changed, really. Um, I, I'm with you. I have a lot of concerns about Sean Woodson's defensive grappling. I don't believe he'll be able to keep this fight standing for the entirety of it. Maybe the first round he keeps standing. I think as the fight goes on, he does wear down a little bit. He does tire a little bit. I think we saw that against Terrence McKinney. He was getting controlled in the ground in that fight. I had to watch that fight back. Dude, he, he landed a fluke flying knee. He was getting dominated in that fight. You know what I mean, AJ? Like, I'm not sold on this guy. He obviously has that athleticism and got that KO power. He actually reminds me, I said the same thing the other day. He reminds me of Elon Cruz, another guy huge for this division, really tall, but durability is a question mark. And again, another guy, AJ, he had a flying knee knock or a jumping knee knock on the show, and now he's not even in the UFC anymore. I think if you lose to Julian Arosa, it kind of shows you're not really UFC caliber, man. I think that's a guy that's like right at the bottom of the UFC um, uh, featherweight divi- or lightweight division. So I can't remember what division is. 145, excuse me, guys. Featherweight division, obviously. And I think he's the guy at the bottom of the division. So to me, it's like, man, you lose to that as a minus 600 favorite. I'm not backing this guy. You know what I mean? So Zalal, I was talking about this the other day. All of a sudden, Asia, everyone, everyone's down on him, right? Because he loses back-to-back fights. Tapuria is way better than any of us thought at the time. I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't on Tapuria. I didn't realize how good he was. Now I know. I think Tapuria is a future top 10 guy. I really do. And the Sungwoo Choi guys, honestly, that was a tough matchup. A guy with good takedown defense and pretty good striking. So I think it's just a different fight. I'm kind of with you on this one with Salal. So that's one that uh, I do like. And... There, there's a there's a couple other dogs, but I still haven't like decided on. But there's a few guys like I was saying this earlier, like a guy like Francisco Trinaldo, I think, is really being kind of undersold in this fight here. Plus two hundred five, AJ. I mean, the guy's won three straight fights. He's got power. He's he's beaten better technical strikers like John McDessie. Um, but the size obviously is going to be the difference, right? He's moving up a weight class, and I think another guy is forty two years old. It's hard to back him. I just think those odds are kind of nuts. I don't know what your thoughts on that one. Or quickly, we'll move on to some other stuff, but. Any thoughts on that one quickly? Um, I'm not that high on Trinaldo right now. I get that he's on a winning streak, but he didn't – after watching the Herbert fight, I didn't think he looked good. Like, he, yeah. he got hurt at range in the second round. He got tired. He got his – Let me just say this. I had a bet on Herbert, dude. I'm like, oh, man, this was such an easy bet. I should have put more money on him. Bang. <laughs> and and that could happen round. to May, right? Like, that was crazy. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're good. And I just you, – you mentioned the move up and wait and, like – I just like if he gets this fight to the ground, he's yeah. got a big advantage. But that's what I was saying too. You know, he's the better overall MMA fighter, I would say, right? But the striking, you would have to give it to Salikov with the technique, right? Oh yeah, and just like Salikov, he's not. He's. I don't think he's a bad defensive wrestler. Like even when like everybody brings up the Garcia fight, and yeah. that's fair. Like, but Garcia actually didn't take him down with ease. Like he actually yeah. had to really muscle him down and Garcia a guy, no longer with the UFC, but he's a, like a physical specimen for 170 pound standards. 
And Trinaldo is too, but again, moving up from 155, he's a little smaller. And I just he like I just think Trinaldo's gonna try and close range, and then he's just gonna run into counters of Salikov. And I think Salikov, even though Trinaldo hasn't been knocked out, he has been hurt. He got hurt by Vic, he got hurt by Lee, he brought up the Herbert fight. So um he could win. He's the ageless wonder, as you said, yep, but yep. I, I just think Salikov is the rightful favorite to be. No, honest for with sure, you. for sure. I'm just saying like I, I thought so too. And then, you know, watching his fights by, I just think the guy is pretty underrated, you know, because mm-hmm. you know, AJ, me, I always been against the guys who are 40 plus, right? But this dude <laughs> keeps winning. He's actually the one guy bucking the trend, right? Like mm-hmm. he doesn't seem to be in a decline. He actually seems to kind of be, if not anything, getting better, which is crazy to me because he's so old now, right? He's 42. But at the same time, you know, it's hard to back a guy at that age. I just think the odds are a little bit wide in Salakal's favor in this fight. The guy, but he does have the striking advantage. I mean, Watching his fights back, the guy's got some good technique, man. Although that last fight was super close, AJ, with uh, Dolesky, Dos Santos. I have no idea who really should have won that fight. It was like, I was like, who's going to win this? Anyways, like I said, go check out Tuesday's podcast, guys, with myself and Marcel uh, Dorf. We broke down the entire card. And if not, if you missed uh, what me and AJ did today, we uh, talked about the other fight with Firo and Ricci that was added. Tomorrow with uh, Elite Fantasy and Elite Betting at 4 p.m. Eastern, myself and Duke, my co-host there, we'll go on the whole card from a DFS point of view. And I'll give out my bets tomorrow. But uh, I've got to finalize them, obviously. I've got to watch the weigh-ins. I always wait for the weigh-ins, AJ. Um, let's talk about a little bit about some news and stuff and uh, some fight nuts and so we'll get out of here. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Dana White suggested that uh, Colby Covington will be next in line for the title shot at 170. Now, he's saying this now, right? But here's the thing, AJ. I really think next week, because we have Leon Edwards fighting Nate Diaz, the winner of that fight, especially if it's impressive, I think especially if Nate pulls off the upset and somehow finishes Leon, Dana White's saying this now. I think a week from now, this could be a different talk from Dana White. What do you think, AJ? Yeah, the, the further we get away from today, it, it could, the, the opinion could easily change. Um, yeah, I think, well, and the other thing to consider, and it's kind of dawned on me more so recently, is I remember Usman saying going into the second Masvidal fight, he's only got a couple fights left in him. So um, it would make sense. I think that Colby should get the next title shot, but at the yeah. same time, I wouldn't be surprised if the UFC just did an interim belt for whatever reason, just to solidify who gets next shot, Leon versus Colby. Um, Cause I mean, we all have our own opinions, but I think Leon just totally smokes Nate Diaz to be honest with you. But, um, and I love Nate, but that's just my, yeah. I think we talked about opinion. that one a few weeks ago. I can't remember. I think we did though a little bit on this podcast anyways. Yeah. So, but you have options for Usman, which I think is important. You got a couple guys floating in there. So yeah. um, I think it's a win-win either way. I was at the last fight between those two guys in Vegas. That was an amazing fight. It was like a crazy fight. It was a long night too. I think there was like 15 fights in the card and there was three title fights. They all went the full 25 minutes, right? Well, this one mm-hmm. went 24 minutes, but it was a long night, man. First time in Vegas, first card I ever saw there. It was cool. So it was awesome. Um, great fight. I'd love to see it again. I just think the next, next week, if, if, if Nate Diaz goes out there and, and pulls off the upset somehow, I think he'll be next in line for 100%. That's what I think because I just think – the money, the almighty dollar matters more than who deserves it, I think, in the UFC. Marcus Williams, good show. Marcus, we love you, man. Appreciate it. If you have any more questions, Marcus, throw them in. You guys throw them in there. we got 15 minutes left, so we'll take some more questions. Um, Dana White, I don't know if you saw this, AJ. This was kind of a weird, kind of like surprising story. I shouldn't say weird, kind of like coming out of nowhere. But some Instagram commenter asked Dana White about fighters getting benefits, and Dana White said that he said something's coming soon. So... This is great news, obviously. They haven't did anything for the fighters from that kind of point of view since they introduced um, insurance for guys that got injured during fights 
or uh, in training 10 years ago, 2011. So this would be a big step forward for the sport if it happens. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, I, I'm still very skeptical. What, what about you? Any, any initial thoughts? I mean, that's great. I mean, I think a lot of people will doubt Dana, but I think, you know, cause we, we all thought he was crazy about this fight Island thing and then it, and then it materialized. So I say, give Dana a chance. I mean, let's see what happens. I mean, I think that Dana is one of these guys that, I mean, we just talked about the whole fight announcement thing about <laughs> him changing his mind, but in terms of actually just, I think Dana is more consistent with like execution along the lines of just purely like business, like operation standpoint, not, not no not necessarily so much with the matchups that we all talk about, but yeah. more so from just like, Hey, you know, this event's going to happen here. We're making it happen. We're going to have a live crowd on this date. This time we're making it happen. So I do trust Dana when it comes to stuff like this. I, I would encourage everybody to give him a chance here. I mean, what's the risk of waiting here? And I, Dana loves to prove doubters wrong. So yeah. all the more reason to believe in the guy even more. I think it'd be a great thing, man. I think it'd be amazing. I mean, they should have obviously insurance. Everyone knows that. The fighters should have should be paid more money. The fighters should get benefits. We all know that. I just I'm very skeptical because I still feel like until we get like a union or some sort of representation in a collective bargaining agreement, we'll not we're not gonna get these kind of things. That's mm-hmm. what I think. Because you look at other sports, there's some sort of collective bargaining for these kind of things. So that's what I think is gonna happen. But we'll see, guys. I mean, it's definitely it's not a bad sign that he said this. Okay. Um, we're going to get to a couple more fight announcements that were came up today. And then I want to talk about Paul and Mayweather. And again, any questions? We've got 15 minutes left. Okay, we're going to go through this fight here, AJ. Um, two fights got announced today. Um, Marcel announced one, and the other one was announced by Junkie. And here we go. We're going to pull them up here. And there's some good ones, AJ. Give me your quick thoughts on these fights. Don't don't break them down by any means. But uh, Max Griffin and Carlos Condit. You got Max Payne Griffin and Natural Born Killer, man. I love this fight. What do you think? UFC 264, by the way, Connor and Poirier. What do you think? I like it. <laughs> it was hilarious. Can I, I'll just say, I'm not going to break down the fight, but no, I'll just no, say Don't, it. don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I bet Griffin in his last fight. And like my breakdown was all like how he was going to mix in takedowns and like <laughs> out volume on the feet. And then he just knocks him out in the first round. And I'm like, okay, all right, that happens. But anyway, yeah, yeah. Um, I think it's a good opportunity for both guys. <laughs> no, I know. I was surprised he knocked out song. Like it was so quick the last fight. But yeah, I, it's a it's a fair fight. I think it's a fair fight. Max's record's only five and six. The UFC. he's been good lately, but overall not that great. Carlos Condit, nine and nine, but we all know he's obviously an amazing striker. I hope it stays standing, but obviously if Max is smart, he'll just take the fight to the ground. Condit has really weak takedown defense. Talk mm-hmm. about it when it happens. Montel Jackson and Dan Batchel. I think Marcel broke this fight himself. Man, I love this fight too. I mean, Batchel has a ton of knockout power. I know you're super high on Montel Jackson. Coming off that great win over Jesse Strader, knocked him out quick. Good hands, good wrestling, good submissions. Batrical, ton of knockup. I mean, it's just a good, another fair fight. UFC is known for making fair fights. This looks like a fair fight to me. What do you think? Yeah, yeah, I love it. Bantamweight, both guys are riding some momentum. Um, yeah, I think it's a great booking. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like me it. too. Yeah. And then I think there was one other one. Oh, yeah, that, that fight. And then there was this one. The guy just mentioned Jesse Strader fighting Manon Martinez. You remember this guy, Martinez? He fought on Contender Series. I don't know if you remember him. Mm-hmm. I, he fought uh oh what's the guy's name he lost draco rodriguez and he, he lost um and then draco obviously just missed weight and then lost to his fight so i'm not sure what to take away from that and then straighter obviously got destroyed in his last fight by uh by uh, jackson so yeah we'll see i mean i thought straighter on tape looked amazing but he didn't look too good in that last fight and then this is the last one this guy's actually going to fight a 205 i guess against jacoby um i was kind of hoping they were just going to do the rematch between jacoby and uh Kutalaba because it was a, a draw 
but I, I guess this fight's fine. I mean, it looks like the same guy almost just with tattoos. <laughs> what do you think? Another big, strong dude. <laughs> I mean, I'm just wondering how this guy's going to make 205. Yeah. I mean, he literally looks like he could compete in a bodybuilding competition. Like, um, he reminds me of, like, uh, that guy. He never fought in the UFC, but he was supposed to fight Devin Clark, uh, Ivan Shiratov. Yeah, or, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, he was just so massive. I'm like, how is this guy going to make the weight? So this is definitely a fight. If you're going to watch weigh-ins, I know this is way in advance. I would, I'm definitely watching weigh-ins for this one to see what this guy looks like. Yeah, no, I, I think so, too. He's supposed to fight um, Ben Rothwell, like, a recent card, and the fight got scrapped because I don't know what happened. But anyways, all right, that's it for the fights. Now, the one other thing I want to bring up, we're going to talk about this for a few minutes here. There's a big fight this weekend, guys, and I know not all you guys are fans of it, but not that stuff. This is the this is the other uh, website right for Spectation Sports. So we do the regional stuff, but we also do some boxing. So me, I just wanted to plug this. Me and James did a, a preview video, which was awesome. It's on their YouTube, me and James Lynch. Um, you can check it out. We talked all about the rules and stuff like that. So I want to talk about this fight with AJ. And I'm also going to have a written uh, breakdown. It should have been up today, but there was something wrong with the back end or something. It should be up later. There's a full preview, though, guys. So definitely check that out. Um, written preview. I, I'm looking forward to the fight, even though I think it's a complete wash for, for Floyd. I'm just watching <laughs> Marcel's leaving. Peace, Marcel. I'm watching it because, I mean, it's going to be, I think, somewhat entertaining. I, I I think Floyd knocks him out, I'm pretty sure. I mean, I, I don't know if you actually did the case during Logan Paul, but his he keeps his hands at his waist, AJ. He doesn't keep his hands high enough at all. He's fighting a 15-0 boxer. He's own AJ, I mean, are you going to watch? Yeah, I'll watch. Um, I, I hope I, I hope this probably won't happen, but one, one can hope that people enough people bet Paul so we yeah. get a playable line on Floyd like we did when it was Connor against uh, yep. Floyd. We like minus 200, right? Wasn't it something like really – minus 250 or something? It was really low. It yeah. was really low for a, a guy that's never – yeah. And, yeah. Um, I yeah, I think Mayweather probably goes out there and does his thing. It's just, you know, how Paul wins. He's not the better boxer, but, like, he wins if – Floyd got old since the last time we saw him, which again, it's possible he's 43, but you know, the better boxer is he's the rightful favorite. Um, but kudos to Paul. He's getting these big fights. Him and his brother are getting these massive fights where win, lose or draw. You're making a ton of he's money. Just like, Floyd Mayweather, man. He's going to probably make what, like seven, eight figures. Like he's going to yeah. do maybe nine figures. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, he's going to make a lot of money. I know Floyd will probably make nine figures Call money yeah. for a reason. They call him money for a reason because he's a great bet, too. I mean, he's been a great bet over the years. He's 50-0. Like, if you've been betting on Floyd, and a lot of the fights he had, the lines weren't that crazy either, you know, especially early on. That the Pacquiao fight, the line wasn't crazy either, that he dominated that fight. The guy's just an absolute stud. He's minus 1,200 for this fight, though. That's the problem. But the prop on him winning by, by TKO is minus 200, and I think he does probably get the finish. It's an eight-round fight, and they just went to 10-ounce gloves with no headgear. So... I think someone probably gets finished, and I think it's going to be Paul. I mean, it, but if Floyd just danced around and put on, like, if he almost carried him to, like, put on a show for the fans, you know what I mean? Almost let Logan hit him a little bit. Like, remember the Connor fight? He kind of let Connor tag him a little bit in the first couple of rounds, played with him, you know, gave Connor some confidence, and then you saw what happened after that. And not only that, his conditioning is second. Even at his age, I still think his conditioning is going to be, like, second to none. Um, and he has an iron chin, too. Like, he's just. Is there anything, is there any flaw in the guy's game at all? Nothing, right? And then the only thing is there's a weight discrepancy of 50 pounds. So we have to keep that in mind. It's like 150 to 200, basically. Logan Paul is six inches taller. He's uh, Floyd's 5'8", Logan's 6'2". And Logan has a four-inch reach advantage. Floyd has a 72-inch reach for a 5'8 fighter. So he's always enjoyed a reach advantage for his weight classes, AJ. 
not in this fight. But I just think like, yeah, and also obviously Floyd is 15 years older, I think. So, you know, those are things that if the fight was close, those are things that would 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 make me lean towards the other fighter. You know what I mean? If the fight was like an even money fight, but in a fight like this, guys, like there's such a and I was talking with with uh, with James in that preview video. There's such a wide skill gap here. Like the the, the gap in skill is just so wide that the the weight doesn't matter and the, and the reach doesn't matter. I think the only way that Floyd would lose if this is like a fixed fight, like if the fix is in and you know he loses for some reason, but. I thought the same thing about his fight with Tenshin Natsukawa in Japan, and he knocked him out. And that guy is incredible, and he knocked him out. So I think he smokes this dude. And I think, like, you're going to see the difference between fighting legitimate boxers and fighting uh, YouTuber, you know? And I give a lot of these these Paul guys a lot of respect, though, man. I think a lot of fans, and especially MMA fans, AJ, are kind of hating on these guys right now. They're like, you know, these guys stink, and they're not good for the sport. But I think they're good for the sport. I see the numbers. People want to read about them. People want to talk about them. And people, you know, even though they say they hate them, they still watch their fights, AJ. A guy like George St. Pierre recently came out and he said he's a fan of these guys. He's like, they're doing good for the sport. They're, they're making money for the fighters. That's a good thing. Ultimately, isn't that what it comes down to, AJ? is prize fighting, right? So what's yeah. your thoughts on these guys as, as like competitors, as athletes? It doesn't bother me at all. I think it just bothers a lot of people because a lot of people in the community and not just MMA, but just in general, just any social media want to sort of adapt this mindset that like, oh, this is what you do. Stick to that. You can't do anything else. And it's just not fair. We could be well-rounded as human beings. And I'm not saying to go out there and strap on gloves and fight somebody. But I'm just saying, if you want to do something else, you could. we have multiple passions as people and we have every right to go out there and exercise them. So if you want to go out there and box like like Jake Paul and, and Logan Paul are doing, that's that's their right. They could go out there and do it and more power to them. God bless them. They're making more money. They're getting more exposure. And that's what they want to do. So for people to hate on them, it just doesn't make any sense to me. So um, it's just kind of like why I felt like I got a good price. I didn't take Jake Paul's money line, but I took the actually under five and a half rounds when he fought Askren because I thought the line was so narrow because people were hating on Paul saying, how could this guy that – you know, how could he beat Ben Askren, who's so much more experienced in combat sports? But like me and you talked about, it just it's you gotta remove that bias. You gotta actually look at what these guys are like with boxing gloves on and, and analyze the fight that way. You can't go, oh, YouTube star, oh, former wrestler. It's it's where they're at right now. And so people um in circumstances like these just get way too emotional and it and it's just to put it bluntly, it's it's just their downfall. Like you could just yeah. get if you're betting and you're getting too emotional with it, you could just go down a rabbit hole. And and I've been there in the past as well. It's so fine. That's a mistake I made. You learn from it, right? Like you can't be emotional. You got to, and I, I, you can't really bet with your heart. You got to bet with your mind, right, AJ? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and yeah, but you um the, the the first step to defeating that is just recognizing that the bias is there, and then you just you know take a step back, and then you actually just. Don't get too caught up in I don't like this guy. You just you just analyze them as fighters. You don't have to analyze them as people. You, everybody, most people don't share the same commonalities where we have different beliefs, different backgrounds, and so by default you're going to have some disagreement. So um, I don't have an issue with them at whatsoever. So more power to them. I think it's just going to draw a lot of attention, and rightfully so. And betting odds for the fighter out right now. I just want to get your quick thoughts on those. Minus one thirty five for Jake Paul, plus one fifteen for Woodley. Any initial thoughts? I mean, I know you have, you're probably going to study this fight, and I, I think you should, and I will too, because I think there is a betting opportunity in this fight because the line's close. There'll be a lot of people betting on this fight. You're going to see a lot of strong opinions, I think, either way too, by the way, for this one. Uh, any initial thoughts on the line, though? 
Ooh, um, <laughs> I think uh, I think it depends on, on how Woodley kind of just shows up. Um, just depends where he's at. It's just uh, you know, on paper, it's a much tougher fight for Paul than than the Askren fight was. But at the same time, like you mentioned earlier in this in this very podcast, you know, Woodley's near the end near the end of his combat sports run as well. So um, that's another <laughs> going to be another fight where people are going to get way too emotional. I could already see it coming and. Um, like you said, you just got to sit back, watch the film, take the emotions out of it and assess the fight that way. But, um, as far as an entertainment perspective, yeah, I'll watch it. I mean, people are going to really tune in Jake Paul now because he's picking the right fights. He's picking these guys that he can make a name off of it, but at the same time, he's catching them at the right time in their respective careers because he's younger, more athletic, taking less damage. And, yep. um, yeah, I think it's smart, actually very smart and strategic of both Paul brothers to do this. Win, lose, or draw, you're making yeah. a lot of money. No, I agree. And I think they are good athletes. You know, I, I think people underrate them as athletes because they look at them as like these TV stars or YouTube stars, I should say, or Disney star in, in uh, Jake's case. I got to be honest. I I never saw – like I the only thing I ever saw with Logan Paul was that video where he went in like that forest and there was someone like hanging in a forest in Japan or something like – he was, and he got in a lot of crap for it because he wasn't supposed to do that. It was like disrespectful. I, that's where I found out about him because I'm not really like, like I watch YouTube, but I'm watching like old fights or like game shows and stuff. You know what I mean? Or funny clips. I'm not watching like that kind of stuff, AJ. And I'm not saying anything wrong with that, if by the way, if you're into that. But I didn't even know who they were before they got in these boxing matches. I got to be honest with you. I didn't even know who they were. But now mm-hmm. I know who they are and I write about them all the time now. And I think, you know, I, at first I didn't really want to do it, but I've kind of like grown to like, like these guys and i'm telling you man as someone who writes about the sport and gets paid when the more people have eyes on it these guys people read their stuff you know so mm-hmm. anyways it's interesting um i think that'd be it ag uh for the podcast today is there any other questions i don't think so um anything else you want to mention man we got two minutes left is there anything else that i forgot to we forgot to talk about or you want to mention anything grinding your gears um, nothing too much. I'm just happy that we got fights. We got Bellator next week. So looking forward to talking about that Bellator and UFC. So and PFL um, too. We have PFL too. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. So like we talked about, people are a little bummed about the break, but Hey, a break was, was good here. I think so right back on the horse four UFC weeks in a row with an event Bellator mixed in as well. PFL, like you said. So yeah, I think it's a good time to be a fight fan as always. Love your stuff, man. Let's get out of here. All right, so Twitter at AJ underscore S-C-H-U-L-L-O. I have uh, bets placed for this upcoming UFC event and UFC 263. If you'd like to find out what they are, you can subscribe to the betting hub at dailyfanmma.com as well as betmma.tips backslash AnthonyS364. You could also find my third-party tracked uh, verified record there as well. Um, as always, Adam, it was good talking with you. Best of luck to everybody, and, yeah, let's do this, man. Yeah, man, for sure. Thanks, AJ, again, for joining me, man. And thanks to all of you uh, listeners, guys. Always trying to grow it. I mean, it's slowly growing. I can see the numbers growing. Like, obviously, we're still, like, uh, a smaller show, but I think we have good discussion here every week. We're always good to each other here, too, so everyone's uh, respectful. I think it's a, definitely a good podcast, um, and I hope you guys enjoy it. Uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter, at Martin, as you know. Uh, I, I don't know about you. I, I applied to be verified. I'm expecting to get rejected, but I threw a shot out there. I mean, why not, right? I don't know if you saw that, AJ. Like, I think a lot of us are taking a shot at it. Most people are getting rejected, but maybe we'll see me with a little uh, blue check mark. I doubt it. I, I have a, I'm like 99% sure they're going to say no, but there's always that 1% chance, right? You never know. So we'll see. Um, anyways, you guys can follow me there on Twitter. Uh, you guys can follow me, uh, the podcast on YouTube. It's on the MMAosbreaker.com YouTube. It's on our website, obviously. Anchor, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes. All the links are there, guys, in the, in the uh, description. Uh, so definitely hit subscribe in there. Always post it. Uh, try to get it up the next day when I can. Um, also, where are my BJPen.com, MiamiNews.com for the news. 
Uh, Fancy Fanatics got some cool stuff coming up with them coming up soon. Spectation Sports got the boxing preview, and then Elite Fancy Elite Betting. I'll have my bets up tomorrow. My DFS breakdown. Got to work on that. Fourteen fights, AJ. So I've got quite a bit of writing to do still. But uh, yeah, 